can travel anywhere in time and space. And it's mine. Please. Look at this. Go on, say. Most people do. on the outside. Hey, what's up? And welcome back to Smaller on the Outside, or as I would like to call it, SotoCast, the first, the best, and the only Doctor Who podcast that you just can't miss. My name is Dave, and I'll be the Time Lord with you this evening, and with me as always is... Andy. Who is the companion. Welcome back to another episode. Um, if, you, if, if this is the first time tuning in, uh, thanks for tuning in, thanks for listening. Uh, we are a TV show podcast where we talk about a different TV show per podcast season. Um, this season, as with many others, is Doctor Who. Uh, so, and next season too, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, well, let's see. Last week was the end of a three-parter segment, and this is, I, I don't think it's a two-parter or anything. Kind of ended no. weird, though. No. Um, but it's just a kind of a one-off episode written by Mark Gatiss uh, called The Empress of Mars. Mm-hmm. Otherwise known as The Waters of Mars. Uh, I don't remember. Did, did The Waters of Mars connect to the Ice Warriors at all? I know he, he was talking about the native uh, Martian population, and so I'm guessing there is probably a connection to the Ice Warriors. Long. I don't remember. But the things that they turned into... You know those like they they had like cracked skin and mm-hmm. yeah. they were like oozing out water. I wonder if that's if that's supposed to be connected to the Ice Warriors or at all because this was before they brought the Ice Warriors back. Right. So I don't know if that was supposed to be like an evolution of the Ice Warriors after thousands of years or hundred I guess hundreds of years. Uh, I guess I guess it could be thousands of years since their demise. Uh, like that's what they evolved into. They like. Uh, you know, turned into water in the bacteria, bac- bacteria in the water or something, right. and evolved into that virus or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Uh, I don't know. But this was uh, called the Empress of I'd Mars. I have to watch that episode again. We will eventually. It was like a short movie, wasn't it? Like a movie episode. Yeah, that was a special episode in uh, 2009. Yeah. Uh, so this takes place. Uh, and it's about the Ice Warriors, of course. Uh, I don't even And remember. the title was a spoiler to that, I suppose. Empress of Mars? Yeah. To Why? me, you, you hear Mars and you assume Ice Warriors. So You do? I don't. Yeah. I heard Mars. Well, or, I, 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 I heard Mar- uh, Water of Mars. That's all I heard. Yeah, but I mean, the Martians in Doctor Who universe are the Ice Warriors, so. Okay. Well, anyways, the starts off... Especially when you look at, when you notice that Mark Gatiss is writing, because he loves classic Doctor Who stuff. Ah, well, <laughs> I guess that makes sense. Um, so it starts off in the USA, in NASA. I mean, I didn't really buy that it was NASA, but it's supposed to be. Um, and now, this is interesting. They're, they're this, like... this, this whole uh, episode starts out with them already traveling, right? Sorta. So... Suddenly, Nardle's okay with them not guarding the tomb thing? He, he's gotten used to the idea of them just going around, I guess. <laughs> um, but 
they head over to NASA. Now, I don't exactly remember why they went to NASA in the first place. I don't know if we even know. Is it because he likes countdowns or something like that? I guess. Uh, um, but NASA was counting down to some kind of random launch, you know. And the doctor's there because he likes countdowns. Uh, and that's when they found some imagery of Mars due to some special technology. I think they said something about special technology. Um, and they found a message written on Mars that said, God save the queen. <laughs> which, which is, it's know. funny because nobody has been to Mars yet. That's yeah. what they think. So, I mean, that's like, God bless the USA and all that, just for British people. Um, and so they want to travel up to Mars because, hey, somebody put that there, right? Is it possible the beginning of the episode takes place before, like, after the rest of the episode? Yes. I guess not, because the way it ends, it doesn't seem like that would lead into the ending, to the beginning of the episode. But it just... I was thinking maybe, maybe they went to NASA because they already knew what was going to be there. Why would they? Because they've already they already went through what the rest of the episode is. That's what I was thinking. Maybe I don't it, know it was because out of order. why would they show NASA the the message on on Mars? They didn't show NASA. They just knew NASA was going to uncover it. I think was that that's that's the kind of the idea I got. But um, I hardly think but it matters. Thinking thinking yeah. about the way the episode ends, I don't. I'm going to guess that's probably not the case. Um, they just probably went to Mars to have fun. I don't know. Well, basically, I don't know. I guess they wanted to figure out who, where the message was written. Because that's the first thing you see when they go to Mars is that this is around the time when the message was written. Okay. Or slightly before it is how, how he started it. No, I don't mind. Oh, Hi. Hey. Okay, uh, well, basically, the, when they went to Mars, the first thing that I thought of was that by the end of the episode, they're going to be writing the message. Really? I, I didn't even think about like, it. Like, I, I, I was immediately thinking chicken and the egg scenario. Mm. Uh, that, that happens a lot with Doctor Who, so I guess that makes sense. Right. So they head off to Mars, and they start off under the first layer of... Well, whatever. It's underneath the ground. Don't remember why. Um, but that's where they head. And turns out there's some air down there because there's uh, a fire brewing down down under the Earth, which means oxygen. But how could there be oxygen on Mars? Right? Something like that? Well, there is oxygen on Mars, but not enough of an atmosphere. Not like that, where they take off their helmets and right. they're all cool. Uh, basically, there is an atmosphere, but it's so thin that it's basically the same as space. Yes, somebody that used to live on Mars, you know, killed the atmosphere. Oh, are you talking about that movie? Uh, probably. What's that movie? This know. this this uh episode reminded me a little bit of that. What that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Oh, oh, they go uh, to Mars. Yeah, the one that was remade, Total yeah. Recall. Total Recall. There you yeah. go. That that reminded me when they had the atmosphere in the caves. Wasn't that something that? That happened in that movie, too. Well, it was like that, and then there was a Mission to Mars movie where they are talking about how Mars was just like Earth before they had to escape because they killed their own planet or something. Mm. Like, Mars is supposed to be seen as this, you know, version of Earth that we're creating right now because we have no care about our environment. Well, yeah, think about it. uh, uh, Millions of years ago, Mars did look similar 
to Earth possibly billions of years ago. It lo- it looked similar to Earth with oceans and and things like that, and now it looks like uh, it does now, and it has a lot of. Uh, I was gonna say it has a lot of carbon dioxide, but I think that's Venus actually has a really thick carbon dioxide uh, atmosphere, so that would be more like the uh, global warming scenario there. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, you'd think about they got the global warming, got the stuff in the atmosphere, but you'd think after so many years it would just, you know, go away, and then you just have kind of have a dead planet, you know? I don't know. Right. What it is is the atmosphere kind of blew away. Kind of blew away. Because I, I believe the something about, like, the magnetic uh, core or something uh, died down or something, and so the atmosphere kind of just dissolved. Dissolved. Kind of blew out, blew yeah. away into space, sort of. Mm-hmm. I think that's... <laughs> I am an uh, astronomy tutor, but it's been a while since I've actually tutored astronomy, so... <laughs> Thank you for your tutoring, Andy. That was good knowledge. But then again, I tend to focus on the more math stuff, anyway. But that's okay. It doesn't really matter, since it is a science fiction show. So... Right. I'm just interjecting some history for you. Right. Thanks. So... There, but... There's a history component to the show. Yeah. So Bill gets sucked through the ground. Yeah. The Earth swallows her. Sorry, Mars swallows her whole, sucks her down. Uh, and she kind of gets stuck somewhere else. So Nardal needs to go get help, right? He, he needs to get some rope. He needs to get something to pull her back up. But what happens is Nardal runs into the TARDIS, and it activates by itself and takes him back to the, I guess, the college. I don't know if it does. I think it's just kind of traveling, and he he, he knows how to return it back to the uh, last place it's been. But this is interesting. Why is it doing this? Yeah. And well, we're not really well, answering that question. Well, if you think question. about it, the TARDIS always, uh, when whenever it's acting up, it's always trying to do what it thinks the Doctor needs to have happen, right? Yeah, but did they really do any good by the end of the episode? Uh, it well we'll see other by than, next episode. Other than taking, you know, you know, saving the doctor and taking him away, right? Other than taking him away from the planet, but for the most part, everybody that's on Mars, the entire episode is the uh, the only ones that actually matter and uh, progress the storyline. So the Nardal thing is like a separate storyline. I think that's a, that's that's something setting up for the next episode, but we'll see, you know, why maybe Misty was. I kind of skipped forward a little bit there. But uh, (laughs) why the TARDIS did what it did, perhaps. Yeah. Um, Okay, so the Doctor's kind of stuck where he is. Phil's kind of stuck where she is. Nardle's kind of stuck in the TARDIS. Everybody's just stuck. And that's when an Ice Warrior comes to say hi to the Doctor. And the Doctor tries to, I guess, just kind of talk to it, you know? Be like, I know you're kind and and stuff. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, the ice bar is not really saying anything. And that's when some British dude comes out. Some, like, captain dude. He he comes out and he's like, oh, yeah, this ice warrior dude's with me. <laughs> and his, what was his name? What was his name again? Uh, Fire? Or, uh, what was it? Uh, I, let's see. There's a bunch of people listed in the list, so I'm not sure which one it is. And the stupid page ain't loading right now. Is it? Is it this uh, Godsaker? No, it's not Godsaker. It's it's a uh, <laughs> it's like a normal name, but it's like Friday, Friday, right? Friday. Are you talking about the Ice Warrior itself? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, Friday was yeah, there it is. Friday was the Ice Warrior. A God Saker was the first. Uh, was that um, coward guy? Yeah. So Friday, well, I can't remember I why they called. I don't him know if I'm pronouncing that right. Anyway. Yeah, I don't remember why they called him Friday. It had something to do with the uh, old story, um, but that's it has something. Did to they do with find it. him on Friday? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I don't think so. Um, but they are saying so. The idea was that what the Ice Warrior ship got them or something and took them. Uh, at, at this point, uh, our episode was a little interrupted, uh, so <laughs> I didn't I didn't catch the the um description of exactly uh why they're on Mars. Yeah, w- why they got there. I'm I'm ba- from context though. What I assumed is they found. The Ice Warrior, he was probably buried under ice, of course, and then he probably told them some story uh, to, like, they, maybe they had him cornered, and then he told them the story about Mars to, uh, you know, kind of work his way out. He wanted that's to what go I'm back guessing. to Mars for to see his people, or at least that's what he told them. No, he told them that they that there was riches on Mars. That's why they wanted to go. And plus, because, you know, they're British and they like to conquer everything. Right. So while they're telling that story, Nordal goes down to the vault and asks Missy for some help because she knows, you know, the TARDIS a little bit better. And she said it'd be better. It'd be better to show you. So like, did she call it? Call it what? I mean, I mean, I'm trying to figure out why the TARDIS. <sighs> no, I left. think Nar- I think Nardal knew how to bring the TARDIS back home. Like, like, well, that oh. might be so, but I, I almost feel like it was part of her plan. I don't know, because I could I see that. I don't, I didn't get that impression. Um, basically, remember, there is a, a specific setting in the TARDIS that'll return it back to the last place it was at. Remember, like, we, I think that was first brought up at the season one finale, right? Yeah. It'll, you press a button, you press a certain sequence, and it'll take it back to the last place the TARDIS was. So maybe that's a, what happened. Right. So they got they got Friday, our ice warrior, as a kind of a servant for some reason. Um and he's taking their dishes, he's cleaning their dishes like a good housemaid. Um but the doctor isn't, you know he, he doesn't trust what's going on here. He says there's an ulterior motive that he's he's up to no good. He's just waiting for the right opportunity. Um and uh Obviously, the title of the episode had a double meaning here, um, because he's there to see the queen, his queen, of the Ice People, warriors, whatever you want to call them. Right. Uh, um, and in in Mars, there is a sarcophagus of a queen bee, so to speak. Um, and the doctor said something about this being uh, the gateway to, like, a infestation of ice warriors or something like that um which i didn't really understand a hive sort of like a bee hive like that maybe the hive is controlled by the queen that sort of thing right um i mean and and sooner or later i'm not entirely sure how it happens but i mean the queen does escape i just don't remember how it happens I'm thinking the reason um, they used a queen in this situation and made it sort of like a whole uh, connection, like similar to the, how bees work, 
is because, uh, according to uh, TARDIS Wikia, this is the first female, uh, on-screen female Ice Warrior in uh, 50 years since the species was first introduced. So maybe they were trying to say, okay, why have we never seen a female Ice Warrior? Maybe it's because everybody's a male except for the queen, that sort of thing. Like ants, like bees. Yeah, like ants and insects. Exactly. Okay, so, and that's one thing I was going to ask you, if we've actually seen the queen or other female uh, ice warriors, because they did have a different, but similar. I I didn't remember any either. It looked different. Yeah, it had a specific look, but so would a queen bee, so would a a queen ant and all that, so. Mm -hmm. All that good stuff. Now, I didn't really connect with these British, like, people in the episode very well. So I, I couldn't really distinguish between them. <laughs> um, I know they're all well, kind of... I feel the like main, they're all kind of The stupid, main but. dude was that one guy who said he uh, he was hung for, for fleeing the war. I, that's the only real one I think you're supposed to care about. <laughs> um, yeah, so... I mean, it fo- had a lot of focus, less scenes with them, but for the most part, I kind of p- phased it out when they were going through them, because I didn't really care that much. Um, but this is sort of the moment where I did phase out with the episode, because I know that the Queen Bee surfaced, and they had the Queen, they had Friday, and then, as far as I'm concerned, like, everybody was running from them for a while. Um, okay, so they, uh, they unearthed the Queen, and at first, um, the Queen just wanted to destroy them, I think. And then the doctor kind of stepped in. And, uh, let's see. <laughs> I'm trying to remember now. It's been a couple of hours now. Uh, <laughs> so, I think, uh, she listened to the doctor, but then she really wanted to listen to Bill because Bill was another female. And, uh, they were both saying that, you know, your, your species is wiped out, um, that what, what exactly did she say? Let's see here. The doctor asks for mercy. The world you knew is dead. The atmosphere is gone. He's telling them that uh, the other people that were in the hive, if she awakes them, they can't really survive on the way on Mars the way it is now. That that they need help. So I think he's he's suggesting that the the humans help the Martians, and that was the idea. And I think she was getting ready to uh, go along with it, but then one of the humans accidentally shot off uh, their gun, and then and then uh, the doctor like begs for uh, for uh, mercy again, I guess, and and then she's like, their deaths will be quick, right? Right. And then so so they all run, you know, several people get shot by this weird weapon thing they have in this episode. Where the <laughs> the uh, ice warriors shoot you and you kind of curl up into a ball. Yeah. <laughs> sort of like a sock ball. <laughs> it it's like me when of. the the monsters took uh, Michael Jordan. Yeah. And crunched him into a ball. <laughs> and that's basically what happened here. So they they ran off to the I'm I'm thinking this is the uh, ship that came in is where they left went into where it had this giant weapon, uh, which is how they kind of got into the cave to begin with, I believe. Uh, yeah, Gargantua? A Gargantua cannon. Yeah, it was a cannon that could do a lot of damage, and they were trying to get ready to attack the Ice Warriors with it. Um, but then um, they kind of stormed the place, 
And ultimately, um, it was this story of this guy's uh, uh, leaving. uh, Like he was, uh, he left the British Army because he was afraid, and they were gonna uh, kill him for treason. And this guy was kind of like, uh, or not treason? What was it? Cowardice. Yeah, they were gonna they're gonna hang him for cowardice. But um, I guess it was his shame that uh, eventually won out the the day because he was able to um, he was able to uh, say you know take me and spare them and this kind of showed the Ice Warrior Queen that that uh, they have you know um, that they're worth saving humanity <laughs> yeah not uh, humanity what's a good word for that. Uh, they're strong warriors, I guess. That they that they Courage? fight for what's right. I don't know. Yeah. So that's kind of basically the whole uh, situation with them. Uh, it, there wasn't a lot of the whole running and shooting. That was probably just a short little action scene, but um, but it kind of revolved around that. Uh, and we learned that Friday's actually good, right? Well, he helps them out. Yeah. He wants to. He wants to make sure that there's. He he doesn't want um them kind of both to self destruct themselves. He wants he says we need to we need to fix this. We need we need to work together. Yeah, and you know I I I only saw one Predator movie, only one, the original. I have a. But uh, I I I feel like I I feel like the Queen here is a Predator, <laughs> with with those curls and those those things sticking out of the head. Yeah, that's the Predator right there. Um. <laughs> It's just weird. Um, but he, yes, the guy says, "Take me instead, uh, and and let these guys go." Uh, and she actually lets him live, um, and says he will die in battle. You know, but not like yet. Old, but not yet. Um, and then, okay, so let me get this right. The doctor decides a good way to help the Ice Warriors is to send them to this. Um, he uh, puts character. out a message and says the next uh, intelligent uh, space travelers will be will be around to collect you, I guess, to save you. Right. And so the people who actually picked up the telephone or the transmission were what was it? The Centauri. Uh, the it was it was a character called Alpha Centauri. Alpha Centauri. And I had to look it up because this this seemed kind of vaguely familiar, the voice especially, um, but I I didn't remember. It's been it's been a few years, uh, but I did watch the entire classic Who, um, and from what I recall, the third Doctor was stranded on Earth uh, for quite some time. Like he he wasn't allowed to leave, and he did something to make his TARDIS Sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, he did something to make his TARDIS work, and one of the uh, play, first places he went to was this uh, planet, and it had this character Alpha Centauri on it, and it's basically this like green character with a giant eye, and it had it, that it, same. It looks voice. like the uh, what, what's his name in SpongeBob, the uh, Plankton. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little uh, bit like it, Plankton. It's actually the same exact uh, voice actor that did uh, the character in the original I, series, who is ninety-two now. Yeah, I saw that. Um, but it sounded just like what they normally Yeah, it did, sounded or? the same. And apparently these uh this was on a planet I think called Peladon 
And the first time he went there it was some other uh, aliens. Like there was like a beast and I don't remember what the, the main characters of Peladon looked like. But um, then there was this Alpha Centauri. And then eventually when he came back again and when he did that, uh, they had accepted refugees uh, from the Ice Warriors. So basically that story takes place after this story. You get that? I guess. So yeah, it was I think it was the third doctor. He goes there and the Ice Warriors are now living amongst the uh the Peladon. So this is a prequel to that story. Right. So um I think it's possible maybe he called Alpha Centauri because he remembered that. I it didn't it wasn't uh certain whether he had actually specifically called them or whether they were just the next people to pick up. But that's that sort of ties that story together, which I thought was kind of cool. And from what, from my they, memory, I think he was uh, really uh, when he went to there and and he saw the Ice Warriors. I think he was like scared that they were you know gonna attack, like that they weren't really peaceful or whatever. And and there was that whole situation. So you know the Doctor and Bill then they finally do make the message God save the Queen on the planet, right. um, which is what I was expecting. Uh, I See, don't when think he said. Ice- when he said the next intelligent people are going to find you, when he said that, the next intelligent space travelers will find you, right? When he right. when he said that, I thought that's the message that he just put out was that God save the queen and that the next intelligent space travelers weren't going to be for like another 200 years. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> well, oh, well. <laughs> um, no, thankfully. But yeah, they, they created the message like I, I kind of figured they would. Didn't think that even though the Ice Warriors were all about their own queen, I didn't think they would write and message God Save the Queen. Um, That's true. Yeah. <laughs> that did, it, did, it did kind of uh, fit with that, too. Um, so, obviously, it was humans that put it there, and uh, it was the Dr. Bill and what, the, the other guy. Um, yeah, the, but, the human that that, the human. that he was a coward. Yes. So, the doctor, uh, Nardal shows up at, in, the, in Mars where it left, and so the doctor, Bill, they have a way home, and inside, of course, is Missy, um, who's just hanging out, and he's like, this isn't what we agreed to. I'm like, what did you agree to? I mean, other than her in the box, I don't know. Are they worried that they're going to well, get they agreed. Trouble? No, they agreed to have her, yeah, stay in the box for a thousand years, remember? Yeah. So the fact that she was out of the box means they did not agree to that. But this is interesting because when when he said that, she what did she say in, re- in response? I don't know. Um, let me check. Because she said something. This can't happen. This is not what we agreed to. And then he says, you need to go back to the vault. She's like, sure. No problem. <laughs> no problem. I'm good. Let's do it. Uh, hold on. Hold on. There's more. She says, Doctor, please tell me, really, are you all right? And then he just gives this weird stare, and the music, like, kind of builds. And then that's that's not even mean. So when she says, are you all right, I'm wondering, is there something that part of as part of their agreement, like, uh, the Doctor will watch over her in the, in the uh, tomb for a thousand years, and if she somehow gets out of the of the tomb, maybe there's an agreement that something will happen to the doctor. You know, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, well, I guess that would make sense. 
It is a vow. Right, it's a vow. So if he broke the vow, what's what's the repercussions of that? Death. <laughs> I don't know. But it sounds about right. They were trying to kill her off in the beginning, so what, what, whatever. Maybe. Um, He's like, maybe it's going to flash back and say, okay, here's the deal. I will watch over, uh, I will watch over, you know, Missy for a thousand years, and if somehow she does not, uh, if she gets out before then, then I will take the blame and you can execute me. Maybe that, maybe that's the, uh, maybe he did something like that, you know. I don't know. But I don't think Nardole would, would set her free if he knew that was the case. I think he would have worked harder to figure out know. a solution. Yeah, he was there, so he knows everything about that vow as well. Right. I don't know. Uh, this episode was, uh, I'd say, okay. Uh, I'd not... say it's pretty good in the in the uh, in terms of the Mark Gatiss episodes. Yeah, I've never really cared for like Ice Warriors personally. Well, um, yeah, you definitely I don't think I've ever to did we... be a fan of the classic Doctor to to be more of a fan of Ice Warriors. I think they, they've only done Ice Warriors one time before in uh, in the new Doctor Who. They, what? they did it a and ton did... of times in the classic series. The last time we saw them in the new series did they talk i think they did um it was i didn't remember them talking yeah i believe i believe they did it was on the uh cold war uh submarine thing mm-hmm. so let's see mark gatiss has written a lot of, of episodes he wrote the unquiet dead the idiot's lantern the lazarus experiment victory of the daleks a Good Man Goes to War, Night Terrors, Wedding of River Song, Cold War, of course, uh, Crimson Horror, Robot of Sherwood, Sleep No More, and Empress of Mars. So he has written both Ice Warrior stories in the new Doctor Who series. I'm, I'm wondering if any of these uh, other stories. Hmm. Okay, well, good job, Mr. Gatiss. Now go back to Sherlock. <laughs> I don't know if they'll come back for Sherlock. Eh, who knows? Gotta wait a couple years and then we'll see. Um, but I don't know. It's okay episode. Um, better episodes this season, but, you know, whatever. Uh, this Mark Gatiss' episodes, episodes are never, like, wow, like Stephen Moffat's are. But yeah. some, he, he definitely likes his classic Who stuff. And there was a lot of that in this one. Um, but, you know, they're just kind of mediocre, usually. <laughs> yeah. So this was the ninth episode of the tenth season. Three more. Got it. Um, you have anything else to add about it? Uh-uh. Well, me either. <laughs> um, so uh, next week we have another episode. Um, obviously, thanks for tuning in to Smaller on the Outside. Uh, make sure to give us a shout out on uh, Twitter. Or uh, the email, Dave at DaveExaminesMovies.com. Give us some comments, like, subscribe, all those good little details. And uh, we'll see you next week with episode 10 of season 10. Uh, my name is Dave. I was the Time Lord with you this evening. I'm Andy. Who is the companion? We'll see you guys next week. Peace out. Peace out.